This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Good to see you here. Fun to worship with you and praise you. Good day. Blessings all of you are watching by live stream. We pray blessings on you. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up, our ushers would get the Word of God in your hand, and then we go to, the, uh, to Psalm 103. Is where we'll begin today, the 103rd Psalm. Uh, before we go there, just just real briefly, I'm going to pray here in just a second. Just one over the uh, the young soldiers that were killed the other day. Very grievous, but also for the situation of Afghanistan, Haiti, even our Gulf Coast this morning. So why don't you bow your head with me? Let's pray, Father God. We thank you that you still hear the cries, the prayers of the saints, the righteous today. Lord, we pray blessings on all the the families of the soldiers that were killed the other day, that you would supernaturally comfort those who grieve and touch hearts, Father God, that only you can do. Lord, bless the people of Afghanistan today that you would supernaturally intervene on their behalf. Lord, we cover the people of Haiti. Bless, Father God, in that nation. Let revival break out there. And Lord, over the, the state of Louisiana and all the Gulf Coast, Lord, that you would protect again today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I still believe God answers prayers, so we got to keep praying, guys. Just keep praying. Well, I'm glad you're here. Again, we start on uh, Psalms 103, and let me, let me just start reading the passages here, and we'll highlight where we're going today. Verse number one, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, Lord. I bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And it's, this was something that on the inside of him just, just moved him. These weren't just words. It was something on the inside. Of him. Man, I, I just want to bless my father. And then he said, who forgets not all his benefits. Don't forget his benefits, okay? Don't forget his blessings. And the first one, he's the God who forgives your iniquities, your sins. God's still in the business of forgiving your sins, my sins, who heals all your diseases. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who heals. And then it says, who redeemed your life from destruction, who's crowned your life with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now that's today. That he crowns our lives with loving kindness and tender mercies. Let me give you a couple definitions of the word mercy here. It means pity. It means a divine act of compassion and a divine act of favor. One of the best definitions to me is mercy means that he withholds punishment. In other words, I don't get what I deserve. Ooh, thank goodness I don't get what I deserve. Thank God you don't get what you deserve Turn just a couple pages to your right there to Psalms 107. Psalms 107, just verse 1, King David said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Yes, he is. For his mercy endures forever. It never stops. So let me ask you a question right now. Have you done something in your life right now where you need mercy? Is there some action that you did that, man, you shake your head at yourself and say, Father God, I, I just need your mercy. I need your divine pity and compassion upon my life right now. 
And, and some people would say this, well, I, I'm, I'm too dirty. I'm, I'm too filthy. I'm, I'm too messed up. I'm the poster child of dysfunction. No, actually, you're a great candidate for the mercy of God. That God is still the God of mercy. Now, turn with me to the New Testament to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And as you're turning there, years ago, I, I started reading this article on this man who was a serial killer. And if you're a little older, you'll remember in New York City, they called him the son of Sam. His real name or biological name, I believe, was David Berkowitz. And so what he would do, he would just randomly kill people. Didn't know them. Now to do that, man, you're talking about a hard heart. And so eventually they caught him. And while he's in prison, he gets born again. And while he was in prison, numerous times did people try to take his life. And so once he got born again, there was a lot of people that said, how could he get born again? Why would God save somebody like that? And there was a pastor who went in to see him, and he said, the first time that I met David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, he said, there was an incredible joy and peace upon this man. And he said, I asked him, tell me what happened in your life. And he said, it's all the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. And he said, what I did was wrong. He said, I deserve to be in prison the rest of my life. I deserved eternal damnation. But for the mercy of God, everything's changed. And every time I would read that passage, I'd find this, that mercy is for every person that needs a second chance. And let me give you a little secret here. That's you and me. That's every one of us in here. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The family tree, the bloodline, the ancestry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let me help you just a little bit about that. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, his kinfolk. Sometimes we get a little nervous when we talk about our kinfolk. Keep reading. The son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah. You keep reading all these begots and you're going to get very tired real quick. And the reason I'm highlighting this, he begot Judah, his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. What we begin to see here with the bloodline of Jesus is it goes to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. And it specifically highlights his 12 sons, but really just one of them. One named Judah. Now, if we were to study the 12 sons of Jacob, those are where we get the, the 12 tribe of Israel, which are still in existence to this day. The nation of Israel is divided up under those 12 sons. And probably the most famous one to every one of us would be Joseph. But the bloodline of our Lord and Savior Jesus doesn't go through Joseph. It goes through Judah. 
And in Revelations 5, it says this about the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is the lamb of the lion of the tribe of Judah. So when you hear Judah, you have this thought, man, this Judah must be something else. We better find out everything we can about Judah. So to do that, we got to go to the book of Genesis chapter 38. And Judah is so special, he has an entire chapter that's wrote about him. Now, I'm just going to prepare you a little bit. Judah's life's going to have some things in it that will scream mercy. Mercy, 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 okay? So, Genesis 38, verse 1. And it came to pass at that time that Judah departed from his brothers, vids a certain Adullamite whose name was Hira. And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua, and he married her, and he went into her. Now, we see that Judah leaves his brother, but Judah, he drifts from the word of God. And what I mean by he drifts from the word of God, he marries a Canaanite woman. Now, the Canaanites were notorious for being idol worshipers. So Judah right here, he, he compromises. He lets his flesh get in the way of his heart. That's what compromise is. Now, every one of us in this room, we can compromise the things of God. You can compromise every commandment, every statute that he gives up, but I must inform you today that when we compromise the things of God, there's still consequences. And they're not good consequences when you run a spiritual red light and think, I can compromise this area and everything's going to be just fine. Verse 3. So, she conceived and bore a son and called his name Ur. She conceived again, bore a son and called his name Onan. She conceived yet again, bore a son and called his name Shelo. And he was at Chesbiz when she bore him. Then Judah took a wife for her, or better stated, he arranged a wife for her. His firstborn, and her name was Tamar. Now, if you think back in the bloodline, that lady named Tamar was written in Jesus' bloodline. The problem here with Tamar is she's a Canaanite too. So they have three kids together. Judah's first son marries Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, was, was, was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord killed him. Uh-oh. He was wicked in the eyes of the Lord. Now, there, there's several things that jump out of there. I'm, I'm not positively everything he did that was so wicked. But was Judah's son, heir, was he a product of the environment that he was raised in? And what I mean by that, Judah knew the great Jehovah. Judah knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But his wife was Canaanite. She served false gods, little G-gods, 
that was nothing more than an idol worshiper. So what happens in every one of our lives? When you have children, your children are going to be influenced by something. There's no neutral ground in this. Your children will be neutralized or uh, affected, influenced by something. And when I say that, that's why it's so important to get the things of God into your children at a young age. But if that never happened to you, it's not too late. I got to get around the things of God. Verse 8. And Judah said to Onan, son number two, Go into your brother's wife and marry her and raise up an heir to your brother. Now, what this is talking about here, this was the social requirement of the Torah. This is uh, Deuteronomy 25 if you want to study that. So what it literally means here that if you have an older brother and he dies, then guess what? You get to marry his wife. Oh, happy day. Not really. Not really. So... Air dies, and they said, behind door number two, here's on, and you're up, buddy. Now get ready. This, this, this passage has got some crazy twists to it, verse 9. But Onan knew that the heir would not be his, and it came to pass. He went into his brother's wife that he admitted on the ground, lest he should give an heir to his brother. And the thing which he did displeased or was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Therefore, he killed him also. Son number two, because he wouldn't fulfill his obligation, he's now dead. Hmm. Verse 11, then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, remain a widow in your father's house till my son Shelah is full grown. Now what, what Judah is doing here? He's procrastinating. He, he's trying to stall. He needs some more time. You know why? Look what the Bible says here. For he said, lest he also die like his brother, and Tamar went and dwelt in his father's house. So you know what he's saying? This, this woman's crazy. Everybody who marries her dies. Son number one, he's dead. Son number two, he's dead. I don't want son number three being around her. Let me whisper this to you. This is Jesus' kinfolk. It's got some crazy DNA. Verse 12. Now in the process of time, years went by. The daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, she died. And Judah was comforted. And he went up to his sheep shears in Timnah. Now think about this right here. He went up to his sheep shears in Timnah. The reason I highlight that is because Judah was a very profitable man. He had all kinds of livestock. And so when it says he goes up here, it is the time for sheep shearing. So he's going up to oversee all that takes place. And so it says here that he took his friend Hira the Adolamite with him. And it was told Tamar, saying, look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So you got to think about this. This is what's going on. When sheep shearing season came, it was a festive time. The money flowed. It, it was like a big party. It was very similar to when they would harvest their, 
their wheat and their barley. That was a sign of, of, of money. So it was a very productive time. So she took off her widow's garment. And when you see she took off her, her widow's garment, there was an attire that they would wear that would mark them as a widow. And with a veil, and he wrapped her, she wrapped herself and said, Open place, which is on the way to Timnah. For she saw that Shelah was grown, and she was not given to him as a wife. So she puts this veil over her face to cover her identity. Anytime we as human beings have to sneak around or conceal our identity, it's a sure sign the Holy Spirit's dealing with my heart. It's a conviction that says, I know I shouldn't be doing this. And so she's covering up right here. Now, what's going on? This was a perfect opportunity to carry out a terrible plan. Keep reading. Get ready. This is crazy. So when Judah saw her, he thought she was a harlot because she had covered her face. Then he turned to her by the way and said, please let me come into you. So Judah here, he's propositioning his daughter-in-law. Crazy DNA. Some crazy, crazy. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law, so she said, what will you give me that you may come into me? What's the compensation? And he said, I'll send you a young goat from the flock. Now, we would look at that and think, boy, that's quite a deal, a young goat. But that was a big deal in their time. That was a huge compensation. I'll give you a young goat. So she said, will you give me a pledge till you send it? In other words, I I need some assurance that you're going to be good for your word. Then he said, what pledge shall I give you? So she said, your signet, your cord, your staff that is in your hand. Now, every one of those things that we're talking about was a form of his identification, the signet. They said that their staff they would carry would be engraved with stuff that would locate exactly who they were. So literally what she asked for, that signet, that cord, and that staff was to authenticate. You're going to do what you said. So guess what that would look like for me and you? My driver's license, a passport, my social security number, my birth certificate. So she's got everything, everything. Now watch how verse 18 ends. Then he gave them to her and he went into her and she conceived by him. Uh oh. So now I got to paraphrase just for a little bit. He sends his buddy Hira back with the goat to give to her, but he can't find her. She's nowhere to be found. Verse 24, same chapter. And it came to pass after about three months that Judah was told, saying, Tomorrow your daughter in law has played the harlot. 
Furthermore, she is with child by harlotry. So Judah said, bring her out and let her be burned. Wow. Now literally what he said there was part of the Mosaic law that you can find in Leviticus 21. It says for an adulterer or an adulteress, they should be burned with fire. So Judah, he's hearing all these reports of his daughter-in-law. And he doesn't think that he's the, the, the responsible one. He doesn't have a clue. And so literally here, he says, burn her with fire, but yet he conceals his own sin. Woof. Can I tell you my paraphrased addition to this? He said, kill that hoe. Kill her. Pastor, you shouldn't have said that. Well, that's what he said. That's... He's up, okay? Lighten up. <laughs> don't tweet that out, okay? Please. Please don't tweet. If you're watching my live stream, this is Pastor Evan Havens. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. We better keep reading. When she was brought out on her way to be killed, she sent to her father-in-law saying, by the man to whom these belong, I am with child. And she said, please determine whose these are, the signet, the cord, and the staff. Now can you imagine what's going on with Judah when he looks down and sees all that? This is the Bible. This, this, is the, this isn't where we're all screaming, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. This isn't Jerry Springer. This, this is in the, the, the Bible. Let me help you a little bit. This is Jesus' kinfolk. And this is one of the deals that when the family reunion comes around, we don't talk about this. We don't mention this. We don't bring this. This is that crazy DNA in our family. And when I read this, it's very easy for us to laugh, to mock, to ridicule. Because we have the thought, you know what? I'm a pretty good person. I haven't done a lot of bad things. Cross my fingers. I'm a pretty good citizen. I obey the law. But what would happen today if we had a, vi a, a video presentation of your life and we put it up here? Ooh, you know why I say that? Mercy. Mercy. The mercy of God. Watch verse 26. So Judah acknowledged them. Now this is very powerful, I believe. He acknowledged them. He didn't sweep it under the rug. He didn't lie about it. He acknowledged. I believe when he acknowledged, the mercy of God came in. Because I'm thinking about this whole story. His first son dies. 
His second son dies, and everything in the natural to me looks like, why didn't he die? But something happens when we begin to acknowledge our sin and we say to Father God, Father God, you've got to move on our life. And so he, he acknowledges and he says out of his mouth, she's more righteous than I am. The robe of humility. You know, in Romans 3, it says that there's no one righteous. There, there is no one that's innocent. And so there were times I, I would look at this passage and I would think, how did he end up in the bloodline of Jesus? Why did he end up in the bloodline of Jesus? You know what everything screams? Mercy. 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 That I don't get what I deserve. Mer who crowns you with, with loving kindness and tender mercy. Now, go, go back into Psalms 51. I want to take you into Psalms 51 with me. Part of my Bible. And as you get to Psalm 51, this is a passage about another one of God's great ones. Named David, King David. And when King David wrote the 51st Psalm, This is when he was confronted with his sin with Bathsheba. And watch David's wording here because it'll come alive to you. Verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God. Don't, don't give me what I deserve. Have mercy upon me, O God. According to your loving kindness, his mercy is a result of his love and his kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies. The multitude. And when it talks about the multitude here, it's literally meaning a fountain of forgiveness. And it was like David was coming up with this fountain. Wow. <laughs> Signs and wonders. They give me signs and I wonder what's going on. <laughs> mercy. His tender mercies. Now remember what Judah said he acknowledged. Watch how King David acknowledges. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For acknowledge my transgression, my sin is always before me. Against you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. He didn't try to blame anybody else. Something happens when we take ownership. God's mercy moves in. And if you would read the rest of this passage, God restored him. God caused there to be a Genesis week in the chaos of his life. God blessed him so much. Now, I got one more passage. Go with me to, to uh, Hebrews chapter 4 in the New Testament. Hebrews 4, and as you're turning there, in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, he said, the Lord's mercies are the only reason I'm not consumed. And he wrote also, and he said this, the Lord's mercies are new every day. You know why the Lord's mercies are new every day? Because we use them all up. 
I thank God for his mercy every day. Now here's how mercy plays for me and you. Hebrews 4 verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. The great high priest is the greatest authority. Well, who is that? Who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Let's hang on to the confession that Jesus is Lord of my life. And because of this, verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Do you know, Jesus understands us in our human nature. He came to the earth as a man, and so he can sympathize with us. He understands when you have temptations with your eyes, temptations with your thoughts. He understands that. Yet he never sinned. And so because he never sinned, watch this promise in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly, without reservation, to the throne room of grace. Why? That we may obtain mercy for the past and find grace to help in the time of need for the present and the future. What a promise. What a promise. And when I talk about mercy, I think, thank God I don't get what I deserve. Thank God I'm not consumed. Thank God that his mercies are new to me every day. And when we talk about mercy, mercy says, my God is the God of a second chance. My God is the God who still takes messes and makes miracles. And so I highlight this day, the mercy of God. Why don't you stand on your feet right there where you're at? Woo, come boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly. I'm an earthly father and I have kids that have keys to my house when they come into my house they don't have to knock they just come in you know why because my house is their house and if I see them get in my refrigerator I don't say what are you doing you know why my food's their food, even though they never paid a dime for it. See, that's the same with our Heavenly Father. Come boldly. Come boldly. He's my Father. He's my Father. You know, a big word in our society right now is a word called vaccination. I'm not going there, okay? But I am telling you this. God still gives us vaccinations of mercy. His mercy is still crying out. To any that are in trouble, mercy me, Father God, mercy me. And I believe it comes when we acknowledge the things in our life and say, Father God, I blew it. I, I made a horrible choice, but I'm taking ownership. And because of that, I, I work, welcome your mercy today. Not only do I welcome your mercy today, I, I welcome a double dose of mercy today. 
And so if you're here this morning as our team gets ready to play, I, I welcome you to come down here and just say, oh Lord, I'm gonna stand under that fountain of mercy. And you watch it by live stream. Get up right now. Our God's a God of mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. And so come down and cry out to the Lord today. Go ahead, guys. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.